Hello, this sermon audio is a ministry of the Town Church in Fort Collins, Colorado. If you would like to learn more about us, how to connect, or how to support us, go to our website, thetownchurch.org. While listening to the Bible preached is a healthy part of our spiritual formation, it is not the whole picture. So if you aren't a part of a local church, we encourage you to prayerfully commit to a local body of believers where you live. We're glad you can join us, and we hope God uses the following sermon to reveal more of His glory to you. Good morning. Well, look at that. Just be careful. Good morning. Good to be with you all this morning. My name is Vince. I'm one of the elders here at the Town Church. If we haven't met, I'd love to meet you at some point. Uh, This is a little bit different than what we normally do. I'll explain here in just a second. Um, I want to point out a couple things before we jump in this morning. Uh, First thing, um, Josh mentioned this earlier, which you did a great job. You did a great job. Yeah. Yeah. You did a great job. You did. You did a good job. Yep. Oh, I forgot what I was going to say. This is hard. Yeah, this is hard. Um, uh, on the back of the chair in front of you is a QR code that, that you're able to, to scan that and go to a, a lot of different links. If you're new with us or newer, and uh, we haven't scared you off at this point, we would love to connect with you. We'd love to get to know you and, and meet you and answer questions if you have them about the church. So please make sure to fill out that connection card, that very first link on that. The second one on that, if you scan the code, is a place where you can leave prayer requests. We want to be praying for you throughout the week. We take that seriously. We have a team of people um, who labor in prayer weekly over the requests we receive throughout the week and also on Sunday mornings. And so please take advantage of that. We, we really do want to spend time throughout the week praying for you, praying with you um, in, in the things that you have coming up. So that's right under that. Um, additionally, um, Josh mentioned it earlier. I'll mention it again. Come to the welcome dessert tonight. If you haven't been to one, if, even if you've been here for months and months and you've never been to one, you want to be here, we'd love to have you sign up for that. Um, hit that QR code again and sign up for that so we can have you here and, and get to know you and answer questions if you have them as well. All right. Um, uh, something a little bit different. Oh, hey, uh, real quick. Sorry. I'm going to put this in there. Um, uh, one of my boys has a birthday today, so he's the tallest one. I'm just going to leave it out there. He didn't want me to say anything, but if you know who he is, uh, make sure to wish him a happy birthday. Um, his name starts with O. Uh, so, um, oh, ends with bed, right, which is where he wishes he probably was right now. Um, we're going to do something a little bit different this morning. Um, we, uh, we have been going through the Psalms over the last uh, couple months throughout the summers. We do that. We go through a Psalm a week um, where, where we just look at what God has in these prayers and these songs uh, for us. And then um, near uh, the middle of September, after everybody settles back in from summer and, and Labor Day and all of that, we, we usually take some time to spend looking at our vision and mission as a church. And we do that every year. Because we need to know it. We want to be on board together. We want to be a church that's all um, together moving forward. Now, some of you may be new, and so this may be a good opportunity for you to hear about our vision and mission as a church. Um, And so uh, all of us um, are in a place where we we need to hear that. So um, we are, I I say this every week, um, whoever's preaching says this, I'm one of the elders. So I'm one of the elders. This um, uh, This is our group of elders. This is not a boy band. Um, although we've got um, an album coming out soon. I don't want to leak that information too quickly, but it's coming. Um, and so we, uh, w- this is all the elders, and I wanted you to hear from each of them in an area where they have specific, uh, specific uh, passions, desires about where we can be moving forward as a church. And so you'll get to hear from each of them as we walk through just briefly our vision and mission together um, you, you'll get to know them, so you'll see them. I'll introduce them here in a bit, um, and you uh, can get to hear about their unique gifts, what they bring um, to us as a church. We really care for you all. Um, we, we love you all. Uh, we um, Weekly, when we get together, we pray through alphabetically people who are a part of our church, and so we really care for you. We um, have a desire to see us all growing together 
and an understanding of who Jesus is. And so I wanted you to hear from all of us this morning in that way. So um, uh, we're going to walk through our vision and mission um, this morning. And um, our, our vision is the overarching sort of um, framework by which we, we um, see things as a church. And our mission is what, what drives us forward. So it's the vehicle that we get in and, and move forward with what God, God has called us to do. And so I'll start with our, our vision. Um, many of you probably know it if you've been around. There, there it is. The vision of the town church is to see the gospel transform everything. That's our vision. It's an overarching one. I'll explain it here in a second. Um, I'll start, though, by saying my, my favorite kind of book, genre of book, if you will, is um, uh, the memoir. Um, I don't know why I like them. I love reading about uh, people's lives and, and a, a specifically about a section of their life. And so over the summer, I read through Dave Grohl's book. He's the um, lead singer of uh, Foo Fighters, used to be in a band, uh, Nirvana. And okay, some of you know. Uh, so uh, anyway, so I read through that book. It was fascinating to me, partially because I, I kind of grew up in that, in that time s- space. And so it was fascinating to me. And then recently I picked up another book that uh, is uh, about uh, Bruce Springsteen. Ever heard of him? Okay, so the boss. Uh, so I've been reading through his memoir. And um, he begins by talking about his early days growing up in Freehold, New Jersey. And he describes his experience as he walks through what it was like to grow up in this really small town. He, he says, where people make lives, this is Freehold, New Jersey, where people make lives, suffer pain, enjoy small pleasures, play baseball, die, make love, have kids, etc. He goes on to talk about this small town. That's what they are about. But at the very end of the very first chapter, he says, um, here in Freehold, New Jersey, we live in the shadow of the steeple. And that hit me as I read that. I thought, whoa, what's, what's he mean by that? And he goes on to describe uh, what he means by that. And a lot of it was under the sort of baggage and, um, and, and some of the trauma that he had gone through and they had gone through as, as the church in that city. But, but that, that phrase stuck with me. They live in the shadow of the steeple. They live in the, the sort of the, the overwhelming presence of the church uh, in this city. It, it, it shadows over the people, that the church had, a, had an influence on everything in the city. Now, um, uh, so uh, again, Bruce, Bruce, we're on a first name basis. I call him Bruce now. Um, Mr. Springsteen, uh, uh, he doesn't lean in the direction of seeing Jesus as Lord, at least from what I can tell. Uh, but that, that phrase was fascinating to me to, to see that the church actually has an impact, can have an impact on the entire town. And so I, I think about that uh, in, in terms of how we uh, look at our own church. And, and I think my prayer for us is that it would be said of us as a church, as a people, uh, that, that, that Fort Collins would live in the shadow of, or at least in the, the experience of, the, um, the, the, the comforting presence of the people of the town church. That we would have a wide impact, not, not for our fame, that's not my desire, that's not our desire, not for our fame, but that, that the, the people of this town would know we are here um, to, to present to them the truth of the gospel. And that's why our, our, our vision as a church is as uh, prominent as it is, that we would see the gospel transforming uh, everything. We have a desire to see that happen, to, to move it forward. And so, um, what do, we, what do we mean by this vision, that the gospel would transform everything? It's not me, it's not you, um, that, that we get to do something, that we get to do that, that, that God is at work is what we want to put in front of us. And so um, if you're a follower of Jesus, saved by grace through faith, this is what we want to see. This vision is what we want to see happening as a church. We want to focus on this. So let me just boil this down. Um, our vision is to see the gospel. What's the gospel? It's just plainly, it's the good news. It's the good news, and we've said this over and over, it's the good news in light of the bad news. And the bad news is this, that, that we have, since the beginning of creation, humanity has lived in opposition of God, has lived in, in pushing against the God who made us, in, in sin against him. And the penalty of that sin, that opposition against God, is death. 
And uh, we all deserve that. We, we live in that. We deserve that. That is our, our story. And, and God, by his grace, uh, provides a way of escape from that through Jesus, who came to live a, a perfect life. That's the good news. The bad news is that we all are moving in that direction toward death. And the, the good news is that God sent his son, Jesus, to stand in our place by faith that we would have life with him. Um, but often what we do is we think about the gospel in, in terms of salvation only. That it means I've got my ticket to heaven, I, I, I can go there, and now I'm with God, and, and that's, that's where the gospel ends. It's some evangelistic thing that we would push forward and say that now it's about salvation, and that's all. And it is that. It is that. So let, let's not say, oh, it's not, not that, or it's kind of that. No, it absolutely is that. But the gospel, we believe, um, uh, the Bible shows us uh, this over and over. We'll see it in Galatians here in the coming weeks as we jump into that book, the gospel is much, much more than, than simply salvation. It, it, it dictates everything about what we do in our lives. It has the power to transform everything about life. Yeah, into eternity for sure, but also every moment. So what Jesus did changes everything. It changes all of life. It's not just something we talk about and then we shelve it and we come back and maybe we'll talk about it again next time. You know, it changes all of life. There's no need for us to scramble. Think about this. What Jesus did puts us in a place, a framework then for seeing everything. That we're not scrambling to try to earn God's favor to win something, but but we then get to to rest in what, what Jesus has already Done. The good news of the gospel changes everything about life. Everything. So it, it changes um, uh, what what you think about your your work. Uh, you, you're you're not ultimately accepted in your place of work because of what you can accomplish. You're ultimately accepted because of what Jesus has already accomplished for you. That acceptance to the Father has already been won. And so it lived, we, we then live in, in a life of freedom, knowing that our acceptance with God uh, is won by Jesus. The gospel changes the way we think about our marriages, right? Are we to love our spouse as Christ loved the church? Yes. Are, are we to care for and pour time and, and energy into the spouse that God has given us? A- absolutely. But our acceptance with God ultimately is based not on how well we do that, but on what Jesus has already accomplished. So the, the, the truth of the gospel impacts everything about every aspect of our lives. It, it sends us off to live in freedom, but where we get to say, God, because of what Christ has done, we, we live. And on and on. We can just go through every aspect of life. It changes the way we live. It frees us from that, that burden. Our adoption as sons and daughters into God's family is based, just let, let's hear this, our adoption as sons and daughters into God's family is based not on what we can achieve, but on what Christ has already accomplished. We believe that truth has the power to transform everything about life. Everything. It's our vision as a church. We want to see it happen. We want to see God do that. Now, from that vision flows four aspects of our mission. The first aspect is that our, our, uh, of our mission is that um, we want to worship God in community. We want to um, invite us into our mission to, to accomplish what God has done. Uh, we believe that uh, the truth of the gospel then has an overflow, and that overflow, that response is worship. I went for um, a run on Friday with the intent. My mind is going everywhere. Um, it's just, it's racing in a thousand different directions right now. And so um, I, I went for a run on Friday with the intent of just listening and, um, and praying and listening. And that was my, my hope. And, and um, right now it's challenging for my mind to be still enough to, to do any of that. Um, but I'm trying. And... Um, and I got in a, a few miles before I was just like, I can't do this anymore. Like, I'm alone in my thoughts. It's not going anywhere. I don't, I don't know what to do. So I put in my, my headphones and, and just started listening to music. I, I'm trying to fill my mind with, with truth. And so a song that, 
my family and I have been listening to kind of on repeat um, with, uh, several of these songs. Uh, a refrain in that song is, um, that's repeated over and over is this. Maybe you know it. Um, I'm already loved. I'm already chosen. I know who I am. I know what you've spoken. I'm already loved more than I could even fathom. And then it says, and that is enough. That's enough. That I'm already loved, I'm already chosen, I know what God's spoken, I know who I am in all of this, and and that's enough. Friends, if Jesus is with you, if you have Jesus, a relationship with him, then everything about this life pales in comparison to that. That's enough. That is absolutely enough. That's the overflow then is what? It's worship. It's got to be. It's got to be worship. The overflow will never be worship if there's something else in this world that you're looking to for satisfaction. If you're saying, that's kind of enough. That's a, that's a little bit enough. No, that is enough. That, that relationship is enough. So I often go to Psalm 96 when I think about worship. It's not just, the, it's not just music. It's not just singing songs. Um, Psalm 96 outlines um, what we think about with worship. It starts with sing to the Lord a new song. So there is singing. That is worship. We want to worship God in, in that way. But it, it moves on and it says declare the glory, uh, declare his glory, his greatness among the nations. So there's a speaking piece. So we're singing a new song, we're also declaring, we're speaking. And then it goes on to say, ascribe to the Lord glory to his name. And the wording there is um, act out. So you're doing something. So there's a speaking, or there's a singing, there's a speaking, and there's a showing of worship. And that's how we're to live our lives. It's all worship, singing, speaking, and showing. But I'll tell you this from my experience, and I'll hand it over to Josh. From my experience, very real, very present right now in my life experience, there are times um, and, and when we hit seasons where we're not going to be able to believe on our own that Jesus is enough. That, that the overflow of this life then is, is worship. We can't do that on our own. And so that's why our, our mission very, very specifically states that we are to worship God in community. Listen, friends, I need you. I, I need you to keep pointing me to, to Jesus. We need one another. We want to be about that as a church, that we're worshiping God in community. This Christian life that we're living, that we're on journey in, is, is uh, life together. I need you. We need you. We need one another, to keep pointing each other to Jesus. So uh, our vision is to see the gospel transform everything. Uh, a part of that and the way we work that out, our mission is that we would worship God in, in community, not in isolation, but in community that we're singing, speaking, showing the greatness of God together. Josh is going to um, take us into the next part of our, um, of our mission, and that is to love others. Now, please, please do. Good job. Um, yeah, so this excites me to talk about what it means for us as a church to love one another and to love others. Um, I think, yeah, even as I look at you as a church and I just pause and even go slowly over your faces, I'm so thankful to be in this church. And I can say, I really love you guys. Like, whether I just know you from Township Connect, or we've had lunch or a coffee together, or just interacting in the foyer. Like, I, I really love you guys. I love this church. Um, and I think it's my desire in my role as overseeing community that we would love each other. Uh, I often think, oh, how can you guys get to know you guys? And how can these people know these people? And how, how can they connect? Because my experience with, with everyone in this church has been amazing. Uh, it's made my job probably the best job I could ever imagine. Um, 
And I think this has changed by God's grace. I think especially for several of us up here, which I love you guys too, very much. It's true. Um, I was just looking at them, but not you, I noticed. Um, and I didn't want you to feel dishonored. Um, yep, keep going. Thank you. Um, <laughs> that's why I have the notes. Um, I think we've grown as a church in this. And I don't, uh, Liz and my wife and I, we've been at the church for 10 years. Uh, we became members Christmas time 10 years ago, and we've changed. We've changed as a church. We've become different. We've grown. We've, we look different. Uh, although we, we kind of look the same, we're, we are more diverse than we used to be. And I think that's been a good thing. We've come from different places. We have different stories, and we've become actually a church. And this is amazing. In fact, when I meet new people, which is part of my job, oftentimes, and I'm still a little bit shocked, they'll say one of the reasons they've loved this church is they felt really loved and welcomed. Well done. That's amazing. Uh, it's, it's amazing to me that when we gather and we have the, the welcome, is that what we call that part of the liturgy? Greeting. The greeting. Yep, thank you. That's later. Uh, the greeting that we can't stop it from up here. That's, that's not normal in, in a Western church. It's may, and especially in Fort Collins, that people are talking and meeting and getting to know one another. So thank you for loving each other. That's, that's a work of the Holy Spirit. Uh, to see people interacting, not with just friends, but people they don't know. Uh, I think about whenever I was in fifth grade, and I was about as cool then as I am now. And uh, I remember my fifth grade math teacher, I was, I was failing in math. Uh, yeah, I was, I was not good at math. And I remember her looking at me and even telling my parents, Josh is not going to survive just on his smile and his laugh. But look at you now. <laughs> I made it here today. You made it. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, I never have to reduce a fraction now. So <laughs> I don't know that I really needed algebra half either. But I think that really scared me. Like, how does, how does, someone, how does someone carry on who's a little bit awkward, kind of nervous, and makes jokes just to, to kind of get by, how can, can they get by just on a smile and a laugh? And, and I, don't, I think she was right, partly, that you can't just get through life with a smile and a laugh, but I think you can get through life by being genuine and authentic. I think this is a genuinely authentic church who desperately needs Christ, and we desperately, desperately need one another. And so Vince talked about our desire to worship God in community. I think that has to come first. But as we worship God in community, authentically and genuinely, we will learn to love one another. We'll want to be here. We'll want to be with one another, worshiping God. And uh, I want to read from 1 John uh, chapter 4, just one picture of this. We studied 1 John, I guess, last fall. And I think it's beautiful. So 1 John chapter 4, uh, 19 through 21. Uh, it says, We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we, must, we have from him, whoever loves God, must also love his brother. So these first two points, they build on one another. As we worship God and know God's character, we will, we will actually come to love one another. In our society, it's very easy to love ourselves. It's not easy without the work of God, without his Holy Spirit prompting us to love one another. We protect our time, our resources, our money. To share is really difficult. We need God's spirit to move in us as a body to love one another. We're going to be studying the book of Galatians. And one of the fruit of the spirit, the first one mentioned is love. If the spirit is working in our body, we are actually going to love one another. 
So finally, in, in this section, what, what does it look like to love one another? What does it mean to truly love someone else in our body and maybe even outside of this body? I think we have lots of opportunities as, as a church. I don't know how many new babies we've had within the last six months, but there's meal trains. If you're on CCB, there's, there's opportunities just to take a meal. And usually those are pretty short interactions. You don't even have to stay long. In fact, the parent might not want you to. Drop the meal off, smile, laugh, and then leave a meal. That's an amazing way to love someone. Uh, serving in the body. Man, serving is hard. It's, it's not easy. But if we love one another, there's ways to do that. So we have an involvement fair after this. Look for a way, even a simple way to serve. It may be as simple as being a greeter and just smiling, laughing, and showing people where the sanctuary is. Maybe making coffee. There's lots of ways that you can love the body. Caring for youth, caring for the sick. Oftentimes we're, we're looking for ways uh, to care for the sick. And then utilizing our gifts to make us stronger. I think in our love for the body and our love for one another, using our gifts. And I think, again, building on if we love God and then we also are loving others in this body, I think that's going to transfer into loving outside of these walls. We would love to be a church that doesn't just love each other but loves others outside of the church, people who don't know Christ, people who don't have a community like this. That will not happen unless we care for one another. Uh, I worked for many years in missions, and every team that went onto the mission field and that was really successful loved one another. These teams that cared deeply for one another, as they'd go overseas, they saw many people come to know Christ. I've also been on teams that didn't love each other, and the mission just didn't go well. So if we really want to see God work outside of our walls, I think the first step is we have to love one another. Brock may touch on this a little bit as he talks, uh, as he shares, but there's ways to do this. We have lots of opportunities even coming up uh, with Serve 6.8 to do things over Thanksgiving and Christmas. Um, And then just out of an overflow of our love that we have here, I think natural relationships with your neighbors will progress. And so I think I'm moving into Brock's category, so I will pass it along. Brock, could you introduce yourself too? I just said your first name, so you don't have to. Yeah. No, you're good. Uh, my name is Brock Hornung. <laughs> good job. Hi. I'm going to talk about engaging the culture. Um, you know, we said the gospel transforms everything. And that includes everything in Fort Collins. And uh, I, love, I love living here. I love Fort Collins. I love it. It's got, you know, kind of a small town feel, but it's got all the amenities of a large town. Um, we got the university in town, and we've got uh, multiple world religions have locations here. And just the broader culture in Fort Collins is just ripe for the gospel right now. Um, so Paul says in Second Corinthians 10, uh, we destroy strongholds, every argument and lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God, taking captive every thought for Christ, uh, to obey Christ. And uh, that's what we want to see happen in Fort Collins. And, uh, but one of the cultural idols in Fort Collins and really in America is just this hyper-individualism. You know, we are, we are so busy and so constantly entertained that it's, it's hard to um, be in true community the way the Bible calls us to. And I think in order to properly, Josh was just saying this, in order to properly engage the culture, it needs to start from the inside out. And uh, we, need to, we need to press in to a deeper Christian community. You know, the Bible, there's no Bible verse that says, thou shalt be in deep Christian community, but so many verses imply that. You know, it says, encourage one another, comfort one another, love one another, rejoice with one another, uh, bear with one another, forgive one another. We can't do that unless we're actually in deep community with each other. And um, so I just think that's an idol in the culture, but that's an idol that's crept into our church as well. And we just, we need to press against that. We need to press against the idols of the culture and the church needs to be different, right? So just want to encourage us 
you know, if you're not in a township, I'd encourage you to get in one. Um, let's, let's fight to sacrifice some time and maybe money, hang out with each other outside of uh, church, go to invite each other over for dinner. And just the reason I'm harping on that is, um, you know, if you go into a battle, whether it's spiritual warfare or physical warfare, you want to, it's a lot better to be linking arms with your brothers and sisters who you love and trust rather than a bunch of individuals, right? So it starts from the inside out when we engage culture. So we want to, we want to be developing our, our knowledge and love for God, um, growing our Christian worldview, meaning how do we apply the word of God to every aspect of our lives. Um, we've had a number of classes over the years uh, on a number of things to help build Christian worldview. We've had, um, you know, classes on different world religions and worldviews and how they compare to Christianity. And uh, I think that stuff's awesome. It, it, it teaches us about people in our community and how to share the gospel with them. So if, you, if you've got a heart or a passion for a people group in Fort Collins, and you've had experience interacting, you know, we'd love to hear from you and, and maybe get another class going on how to, how to reach people in our community. But, you know, I'm excited for some of the classes we've talked about as elders and some of the things we have moving forward. Um, you know, I'd love to see more stuff on apologetics coming forward, uh, how to share and defend the faith. Um, you know, there's a, we have a fear when it comes to sharing the gospel with people and I think it, it stems from we, we're afraid of the objections that people are going to raise against us, and we're afraid that we're not going to have the answers when people object uh, to us. So we want to just keep moving forward, put stuff out there that would encourage us um, to know our faith more, to, to know how to answer those objections, to overcome that fear, so that we're actually sharing the gospel with our friends and family. You know, we want to see people come to Christ. We want to see our church build from conversions, from people coming to Christ, right? So sharing the gospel with our friends and family, and not just friends and family, but the, the public. You know, we, we've got people in our church who actually do evangelism in Old Town, and we want to see more of that. Uh, we want to see us growing in that as a church. So, man, if that's something that excites you, let's, let's get on that. Um, other than that, um, you know, people have shared with us over the last few months when we put out statements on things that are happening in the culture, you know, like when we put out a statement on Pride Month, we've been, people have shared with us that that brings a lot of security to the body when we, you know, everyone's talking about it and thinking about it out in the world, but when we actually share what the Bible says about certain things, I think it just brings a level of security to the body when they know that the church is standing on the word of God. So hope to, you know, have more content like that. I hate that word content, but have more stuff like that where we're just getting more on the same level as a church. So thanks, Rock. Richard. My name is Richard Nelson, and um, we have a slide on Matthew 28 coming up here. Uh, this is a verse that uh, is a very defining verse for the church. It has caused the church to move from Jerusalem to right here, folks. We are here because people left Jerusalem. I'm pretty glad they did. And so I want to read this verse, make a few comments. So go, therefore, this is Jesus speaking. <clears throat> go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. So the last words of Jesus, and then as you know, he ascended up into heaven, and then the book of Acts takes off, and does it ever take off? They're following through on this, and they're, they're going out to the nations. And so there's one verb in there, and it's called make disciples, which is like an apprentice or faithful followers of Jesus is maybe another definition. I'm sure a lot of you have a different definition of disciple. It's a pretty well-used word, but it is an important word. And then I want to mention the word nations, which uh, is from a Greek word called ethne, where we get our word ethnic groups. And so this gospel is so important, it needs to go to every person on the planet. Don't think geographical lines, think people group lines. And so they're like thousands, uh, 13,000 or so people groups in the world. Each of them 
has a person in there that is so valuable that Christ died on the cross for them. And so, uh, next slide, please. This, is, this slide has always helped me a lot, which I need a lot of help. And this kind of shows how it works out in day-to-day life. So, uh, we come to faith in Christ. We repent, or we have been justified by faith. That's on the far left. But God just doesn't want a baby Christian. He wants to grow us up, doesn't he? He wants to mature us in our faith. So we start growing uh, in maturity as we move that way to the right as we age. And so we're following Jesus. And then towards the end, you know, we need to reproduce this thing. We need to make disciples of other people. And so this is incredibly important. And as we saw here, if the gospel transforms everything, which it does, why wouldn't we want to share that with everybody? This world needs some help. And then the next thing, truth travels the road of relationships. How can we pass on the truth if we don't love people? Did Jesus love his disciples? Yes, he did, a lot. But how can you impact the world unless you engage the culture and go out there and kind of blunder into other people and just say, and with the goal of just trying to say, I love you, Jesus changed my life. And so I have different ways I try to get out into the world and meet non-Christians so I even know their name and they even know my name. And so that's kind of one of my goals. And so, but not only that, we just, uh, we do this because we want to make disciples. And two ways, one, parents, if you're a parent, you are responsible to disciple your child. It is not the church, okay? The church is helping. We provide helps and encouragement along the way. But bottom line, your kid is your responsibility. Don't you just love the word R that stands for responsibility? But secondly, we do that too. And so we try to do this here where we come alongside of men and and the side of women, and we try to help them grow and move that from the left to the right. And so it's not just about growing up. It's becoming more mature in our faith as we do that. And so if you would like to know more about that, I've, in the past six months or more, I've really had kind of a, a... how should I say, a new fresh interest in it, been praying about it, thinking about it. And uh, I'm, I, I feel like God is telling me, Nelson, you need to make disciples, buddy. And so I'm trying to say yes, sir, and working on it. So if you're interested in that, uh, let me know. And one of the ways that process grows there is what my dear friend on my left, Eric, is going to talk about. Thank you. Hey, can I use that music stand? Yeah. I had a you going to sing? A couple slides. You wish. <laughs> I don't think we do wish. <laughs> that's the album. That's coming on the new album. Yeah. Um, part of my job, I'm Eric, by the way. I'm, I'm on staff. Part of my job is operations, but another part is Christian or spiritual formation. How do we grow in Christ-like maturity? How do we form to be more like Jesus? How do we grow in our discipleship? So that, that's part of my job. And so I want to talk briefly about where we're at with that and where I want to see it move because that's this, that's this arrow up here. And I think probably the best way to think about it, this is helpful for me. I'm kind of a simple person. How do I grow my love for God? Period. That, I think, defines a growing Christian believer because that seeps out in how you live, decisions you make. Your love for God governs how you live. In fact, Jesus, he, uh, he says something about this. this is, he's responding to the lawyers at the, at the day. And so this, this is what he says out of Matthew 22. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend the law and the prophets. So as our church, as we look at spiritual formation, our approach is to focus upon how can we grow this love for God in us. It grows over time. At salvation, God gives us a love for him. And then sanctification, as we grow as believers, is this growing love for God. So how do we do that as a church? How can we support that as a church? Well, it's all dependent upon God's grace, isn't it? And then be really clear on that. God can use all of life to this, and he does. He uses all—I don't know—were any of you driving this morning and saw the fog out by the rivers in the low-lying areas? Nope. It was gorgeous. It was absolutely gorgeous. 
cannot God grow my love for him by that? I'll tell you, he did this morning, so he can use all of life to this, to grow a love for him. It's dependent upon his grace. He doesn't have to do that. But there's also some things that God typically uses, that he commonly uses to show us more of himself. So our love for God, it grows in response to something, doesn't it? And it grows in response of God showing us more of his glory, more of his greatness and his goodness. So as God shows us more of himself, we respond with a growing love for him. It's because we know him better. And, and, and all the infinite uh, perfections that he has. So how does God show us more of himself? Well, we as a church, there's four different rhythms that we think are healthy or essential to being a growing Christian to have as part of our, our lives, our regular rhythms. And, and this, we call this our approach to spiritual formation. I, I want to talk about this real quick first. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, our growing love for God can't just stop there. It, it has to flow into how we live. It flows into mission. And so... Um, all these things that we're talking about up here, I, I'm convinced that the f- bedrock for all of it is for God to show us more as individuals who he is for our love for him to grow, and it flows out. So this is, this is an example out of 1 Peter 2. 1 Peter 2 is writing to the church, or Peter's writing to the church, and he says, but you, church, are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. This is what God did out of his grace. The church couldn't make this happen. God did this, a people for his own possession, and he, here's the response of the church that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So as God shows us more and more of his excellencies, his glory, his goodness, we respond, don't we, with how we live. We, we proclaim it and we move into mission. There, there are four rhythms that we as a church have identified that we want to encourage all of us to grow in it, lifelong. There's never a point where you arrive at any of these, lifelong. These are, these are rhythms that God uses to show us more of himself. One is regular Bible reading and prayer. There's a reason if you grew up in the church that you heard this all the time. It's because God uses it to show us more of who he is. These regular devotional rhythms, at least to include Bible reading and prayer. So that's the first one. Second one, regular corporate worship. Vince hit on that. Worshiping together as a body is what we're doing right now. There's something unique happening right now that doesn't happen in your small groups. Doesn't happen in personal devotional rhythms, doesn't happen on a retreat. There's something special about gathering with a local church regularly to worship God together. He reveals himself to us. Third, regular intentional Christian community. We as a church have chosen to resource our small groups, we call them townships to this end, to foster intentional Christian community. We'll have a table out there if you want some more information about it. Again, something unique that happens here. I think Josh did on this. This is implied all throughout the New Testament. All these each others and one another's implies some sort of you actually know me and I actually know you. And we need that to, have, to be healthy believers. So that, that's our third rhythm. And the fourth rhythm, rhythm is regular doctrinal formation. Um, I try to stay away from the word study because that makes it sound like it ends in our head. But th- th- this is study. We study, we use our heads, we use our brains so that our love for God can grow and we see more of who he is. So regular rhythms of this, whether it's podcasts or classes or sermons or, or discussion, wherever that might be, have some regular doctrinal formation in that. So there, there, there's, there's, there's two elements of where I think we need to go. One is for us as staff, as, as staff of this church, and that's to build a little bit more structure for this, to facilitate that and encourage us individually and groups to grow in these different things, whether it's library resources or classes or vocabulary or groups, on and on and on. I think we have got a lot of work to do there. And the second one is for you as an individual and for you as family, actually to push in those. Preston, if you, if you haven't been doing any, any of these things, I would request, let's ask some questions. Talk to me if you like, and let's help. Let's start doing some of these things. Not sure how to read your Bible? I would love to talk to you about that. Not sure about prayer? Would love to talk on and on and on. So as an individual, please start pressing into this because God, listen, God uses these things to show us more of who he is. The God of the universe. Christian, this is a gift for you. These are not things you have to do because it's guilt or duty or pastors looking over your shoulder. We get to do these things. These are our privilege to know the God of the universe. And our hearts respond by a growing love for him as we know more of him for who he is. That, that's our approach to spiritual formation as a church and, and part of my job. So I'm probably way over time. No, that's good. Thank you, Eric. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll finish here. When... Uh, Kirsten and I and our family felt led to move here to begin um, what would become the town church. 
um, all by God's grace and God's movement there, um, not because I knew what I was doing, because I absolutely did not know what I was doing. Uh, still don't. Um, but when we began that, our desire was this. This has not changed, and, and in part, our desire was this, because we believe this um, flows from what God has called us as Christians to be about. So this, we, haven't, we haven't cornered the market on some new technique. This isn't something like, hey, we, we figured it out, but the church down the road hasn't figured this out yet. This is something we see throughout Scripture that we're called to as Christians, and what a joy it is that we get to do this together with a, a body, a family, a church family. So that's, our, that's been our desire from the beginning. It's a beautiful thing to see this now and to see where God has led us all by his grace. Isn't it? Um, I, I don't like these questions where I'm like asking you to respond in, in the affirmative. But isn't it amazing that right now we get to be in a room with this many people that, that have gathered here? I don't know why, why you came this morning, but you've gathered here for some reason, it, probably to have your eyes set toward God in some way, that we get to gather to do that, that we get to be here together to do that. And so um, hopefully this is, has been helpful. This is a, a, a scratching the surface. Each of us could talk about these things for a long time. This is scratching the surface of what we want to be about as a church um, in terms of how this all spells out. This is our overarching vision and mission. Our, our vision is to see the gospel transform everything by worshiping God in community, loving others, engaging the culture, and making disciples um, uh, across the globe, not just here, but across the globe. That's what we want to be about. That's what we want you to ask you to partner in. Um, it's been mentioned a couple times. We've got tables set up in the back with lots of ways that you can be about um, using your gifts to the glory of God and for the good of this church. And so if you're a part of this church and, and not invested and involved in that way, we would love to talk to you more. You each have gifts given to you by God for the building up of the church. This wasn't some hook. We weren't trying to get you here so we could sign you up for something. It just coincided that we would do this together so that we can all be about serving the church together. And so really want you to, to talk to people out there at the tables um, and, and be thinking about how you can be a part of this church. I'm going to close with this. I'm going to read from Colossians. And then we'll, uh, we'll celebrate together in, in taking communion. Hear this. Um, Paul, in the very beginning, talks about um, who Christ is, and he says, He, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things. And in him all things hold together, and he is the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven. And you would stop there and you would think, oh man, that's, that's Jesus. He's high and lofty. He's out there. He, he's untouchable. We, we can't. We can't even approach that kind of God. But listen how Paul closes this out. Making peace by the blood of his cross. Jesus brings us together, unites us, reconciles us through the blood of his cross. He was crucified to pay the sin, our sin, pay the penalty of our sin so that we could be in relationship with him and in relationship with one another uh, moving toward him. And so it's a beautiful thing to be a part of as a church. We're going to celebrate communion this morning like we do every week. We're going to do it a little bit differently, so please uh, listen. Um, we want to celebrate communion this morning together. Uh, so we're going to do what we always do. Um, Justin and, and the team of musicians will come up and and play it. We'll invite you, if you're a follower of Jesus, to come and take the elements uh, and then head back to your seat, but then wait. Don't, don't immediately um, eat and drink. Um, wait, and we'll take these together as a church family this morning to show, to, to indicate, to, to celebrate, yet we're in this together. And Jesus, the blood of Jesus, has, has paid the penalty of our sins collectively, that we get to be a church together. 
And so um, here's what communion is. If you're unfamiliar with this, we want to make this um, as recognizable and not, um, as not weird as possible. Jesus, before he gathered with his disciples, broke bread and shared wine with them, which was very typical in their day to do. It was a, a, an annual celebration that they would do. And he rearranges some of the elements to show um, some, some new significance. And he broke bread and he said, this is my body broken for you. And as he shared wine with them, he said, this is my blood shed for you. And so what's he doing? He's pointing forward to what was about to happen, his crucifixion, his death, where his body would be broken and his blood would be shed. And he says, take this and eat and drink in remembrance of me. And for, for us, we now look back and see what Christ has already accomplished. That's the gospel, the good news of the gospel. He's already accomplished it so that we could have access to God the Father. So if you're a follower of Jesus, we would invite you to come with others around you who are also in need of a Savior. Um, take the elements and then circle back around to your seat. And as everybody is seated, um, I'll lead us through taking those elements together and then we'll sing together. Can I pray for us? Uh, and then we will, we will continue. Father, we are um, grateful for what you have um, accomplished in your son. It was his blood that was shed. It was his body that was broken so that we could have life with you. You have purchased the church with the blood of Jesus None of us sits here this morning recognizing our need for a Savior without your calling. And none of us um, is a part of a church family without, without what you've already accomplished in Christ. So we recognize that this morning. We don't, we don't have an opportunity to talk about the church and everything that's a part of it without the fact that you've called us to be a part of it through Jesus. We're thankful. God, I pray that we as a church would be a family together, um, ready to serve one another and to love one another and to engage the culture around us and to, to make disciples in, in a way that um, proclaims the name of Jesus but also gives, um, g- gives our own eyes ways to see him more and more so that we would worship, have a desire to worship you together in community. Would you make us a church that longs to see people come to know you. That the city around us, or at least the, the, the neighborhood around us here, would, um, would stand in the shadows of the church, be, be inf- informed by and comforted by and see the influence of the church, not for our fame, so that you would be famous, so that you would be honored, so that you would be glorified. Would you do that work? And now as we celebrate the finished work of Jesus, I pray that our hearts would be moving in the direction of seeing him as more and more glorious and worthy to be worshiped. Would you spark that in us? And if there's someone here this morning, if there are people here this morning who do not yet know you, I pray that you would be doing that work of drawing them to yourself, that many would come to know you, that we would... Um, be a worshiping church together in spirit and truth. All this we ask in the name of Jesus. Amen.